week two of the NFL is in the books. Uh, you're looking around the NFC. Uh, let's take a look at, and we'll you know look through the games that happened uh, throughout the weekend uh, that was, and obviously last night. Uh, but looking around the NFC, uh, Cowboys sitting there two and zero, Eagles two and zero, Commanders two and zero, Giants one and one. The NFC East not looking like the NFC least this year. Three teams undefeated, and Giants sit at one and one. Pretenders, contenders, Rowdy, in the NFC East. Cowboys and Eagles, the real deal. Commanders, Giants, pretenders. What are the Commanders at two and zero? Well, I think the commanders are basically thankful for the soft schedule that they've played so far. You played Arizona in which you barely won. And I don't think Arizona is, is a big time team on anybody's radar. I think on most people's radar, Arizona is the worst team in football. And then you have uh, Denver who they have some pieces like maybe they could be a playoff contender, but it's still coming together. Is Russell Wilson still the Russell Wilson of the, the Seahawks Super Bowl runs, or is it Russell Wilson the last two, three years? I don't know. It's looking like more or less of Russell Wilson the last two, three years. So I don't really know if, if Denver's that great. That that feels like a team that if everything hit right, yeah, they could win 10 games and they could be in the playoffs. But if it didn't, that's a 6-7 win team, and it's not a very good one. So I, I think the, the commanders are just Pretend. kind of a – yeah, they're – they're that good because of the soft yeah. schedule that they I want to work the twins up too, or uh, resident commander fans, GW and Dougie. I will put the commanders in the pretender category. Cowboys, Eagles, contenders, commanders, giants, pretenders. I'm going to rile them up. Yeah. I mean, the like the Cowboys look good. Mm-hmm. Now I should say, I should rephrase that. The Cowboys defense looks really, really good. Yeah, now, like Dak has been able to do what he's been asked to do. It's not like he's lit it up, but he hasn't been asked to lit it like light it up. He hasn't had to. The defense has been so dominant. I mean, I think they've scored three touchdowns, at least three touchdowns in two games. I mean, if you continue to get that production, you don't have to be great. <laughs> uh, and then you talk about the Eagles. I, I don't think the Eagles look as good as they do last year, but clearly because of the talent in the NFC, they're still one of the better teams, but it's, it's never going to look good or it's never going to look as good as it was the year before when you lost some guys on defense. Not only did you lose some guys on defense, but some of the guys that were on that defense are also banged up. I know their offensive line was by far the best line in football last year. Now they have a little bit of nagging injuries. Jalen hurts has to duplicate arguably the, what was he second in MVP? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty tough to duplicate. <laughs> Um, and then on top of that, you have a new offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator because both your OC and DC got head coaching jobs other where other uh, other places in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a lot to replace. It is. So right uh, now NFC East, everyone two and zero besides the Giants one one. NFC West, Niners two and zero. Then Rams, Seahawks one and one. Cardinals zero and two. Niners contender. What are the Rams and the Seahawks and the Cardinals? We can just throw out because they're probably be the worst team in the NFL. Niners contenders, Rams, Seahawks. Are they contenders or pretenders? Well, Cardinals are to- horrible. We just Rams. I feel like the Rams and Seahawks. They've had two games now. Well, for both teams, they've had two games. One game in which they didn't look as good, and the other games they looked pretty good. Like. How many of the general public would have thought that after Seattle got their, you know, teeth kicked in by the Rams that they'd come back and beat the the Lions? Not not many. Yeah. Uh I thought overall I thought that uh, the Rams played the 49ers pretty tough. I think when you look at the NFC, 
clearly in my mind, the top three teams in the NFC in no particular order have to be the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the 49ers. They play the 49ers pretty tough, and I know it was technically a, a home game for the Rams, but if you saw the pictures from that stadium, <laughs> it was like 70% San Francisco fans. It was yeah. red all over in uh, the Rams' home stadium, which makes sense. I mean, L.A. really aren't great sports They fans. don't have fans till they're in the championship game, really. So. Yeah, I feel like the Rams and the Seahawks could be like fringe playoff teams from what I've seen through two weeks, and 49ers are clearly the class of the NFC. Yeah. Confusing NFC West. Uh, we'll save the North. Then look at the NFC South. It, this here's a wild one. Would thinking it'd be a pretty uh, you know suspect and uh, bad division. The NFC South. Three teams sitting at two and zero, and then one zero and two. Falcons, Saints, Bucks, all two and zero. Panthers moved to zero and two. What the hell is the NFC South? Well, I think uh, it was a division overall that wasn't expecting much i think everyone knows that and i still really don't know if there's a good team in here i would be willing to bet there's not i i could totally see a team winning the nfc south at eight and eight or eight nine nine and eight yeah basically a 500 record and like the falcons they got a good run game the offensive line can run block the defense looks decent but how far can Desmond Ritter take them? Yeah, the NFC South pretty good against the NFC North right now. As uh, what the Buccaneers, they beat the Bears and before that the Vikings. And then the Packers lost to the Falcons. Carolina's got a lot of growing pains with Bryce Young and just a young roster in general. Saints, obviously Derek Carr's is a solid quarterback. They have pieces. Like yeah. Michael Thomas had a big game last night. Michael Thomas hasn't been relevant in years. When's the last time you said that? I think they. I think on the broadcast they were saying he's played ten games in the last was it two or three years. Slant like, boy, like that's crazy for a guy that used to be a top five receiver in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay still has the remnants of some good offensive pieces and defensive pieces that they had when they won Super Bowl with Tom Brady, and you have Baker Mayfield finally being healthy. I just I feel like when you look at Tampa. The Bears feel defeated. Oh, yeah, they're And done. the Vikings have not been able to put a good game together yet. Like, they've shot themselves in the foot both games. Yeah. And so, I'm, the Kirk Cousins. I'm still unsure with anyone being that good in the NFC South. Again, we're looking at this two weeks in. Yeah. And then you're looking at the NFC North, which obviously we hyper focused on Packers, Lions, 1 and 1, Vikings, Bears, 0 and 2. Bears are, Bears are a mess. Bears are going to be bad. Uh, Vikings, you know, Kirk Cousins isn't the problem. Uh, that line's a little tough, and their defense kind of a sieve. And then, you know, the question, what the hell are the Packers? And the Lions um, may have as uh, one of the contenders in the league. Just, uh, the NFC North, a very confusing division. I don't know if anyone's good in the NFC North. Yeah. Like, the Bears feel like they've already, they're dead. Like, it's a dead man walking week two. No one, no one in the fan base is excited. It seems like there's a lot of turmoil inside not only the front office, but the, the team itself. Uh, you look at Minnesota, again, haven't been able to do anything correct, and yet they're still in games but can't find ways to win them. It's almost like the exact opposite of last year. Yeah. And then you have the Packers, which young quarterback, there's going to be growing pains and found a way to lose against Atlanta. Oof. And then you have the Lions. Are the Lions that good? I don't know. I don't think I so. I know they played. I know on paper that they look pretty good. I know that they played well the second half of the season, but remember the first half of the season that that defense was terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, there is some moving parts on the offense. 
I know they've had uh, some of the running backs that have changed backfields. I know DeAndre Swift is now with the Eagles. They brought in Montgomery from Chicago. They drafted Jameer Gibbs, and they said how they're going to give Jameer Gibbs all these different touches, and you couldn't even think of the ways that we are going to get him the football. And then two weeks in, it's like, well, he really hasn't touched the football that much, so uh, not sure when that's going to be incorporated. But overall, the Lions, it's like they beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead without Kelsey, their second best offensive player without Chris Jones, their best defensive player. And they had all year to get ready for it all off season. Okay. They won, but Mahomes was literally throwing to a bunch of guys outside of MVS that are probably fringe NFL. Yeah, look at it, so that he, dele- he deleted all the social media accounts and Tony and their defense always, their defense always seems to start slow in Kansas city. And then they figure it out halfway through the season and they make a playoff run. Now, then you look at what they did the next week. They played Seattle, which Seattle's supposed to be a young, fast team with an up-and-coming defense, and then you still had Geno Smith. What can he do? Well, they didn't look good week one, and they come back and find a way to beat the, the Lions in a close back-and-forth game in week two. So I don't, I don't know. Like I said, when we were talking about the West, Seattle feels like a fringe playoff team to me. It almost feels like whoever wins the NFC North in a better division, they're probably a fringe playoff team. But that's going to be the winner of the NFC North because yeah. it's just it's just not. It feels like as of right now, <laughs> you look at the West and you look at the East, and you clearly have the class of the Cowboys and the Eagles, and then the Niners are like those are the three dominant teams, and those divisions feel a little bit better than the North and South. Yeah, so uh, we have some time. Obviously, it's week two, just uh, concluded. We'll get to the AFC after the break coming yeah. up here. But the AFC is <laughs> even more interesting. Yeah, NFL though, a parody reigning supreme. You look at uh, some of these uh, divisions though. You got you got some juggernauts, and you got some ones that are like, what the hell are you? All right, ready. Uh, AFC East: Dolphins, Jets, Bills, Patriots. Dolphins two and zero. Jets, Bills one and zero. Patriots zero and two. Dolphins, Jets, not contenders. Dolphins, Bills, yes. Patriots. No. See, I actually think that the Jets are going to be okay. Like, you look at what they did last year. They were a fringe playoff team. And Zach Wilson, in my mind, can't be worse than what he was last year. Some of the players did say they need to step up for Zach Wilson after their loss. And I would say that their defense and overall roster has improved. And I just don't see Wilson being worse. Like, he's still a young quarterback. If anything, he had two, three months to learn behind Rodgers. I don't think he can be any worse. So I do think that that Jets team could be sneaky fringe playoff team still. Sneaky. The Patriots, I mean, I'll never count out Bill Belichick, but you're starting to, you're starting to wonder about that operation up there. Even though they've played two tough games, even though, unfortunately, it hasn't went that well for them. Yeah. Miami looks really good on offense. Uh, Buffalo does look like there's been some regression here and Josh Allen's been turning the football over. I know it's not a, a team that came into the season healthy on the defensive side. I know Von Miller's still out. Yeah, I think uh, overall, I think you have four at least roughly 500 or better teams in that division. I think it's a pretty solid division. AFC West, Raiders, Chiefs 1-1, one and one, Chargers, Broncos 0-2. Oh Chiefs um, contenders, yes. Chargers, I want to say yes. 0-2 oh though. And then Broncos and Raiders, uh, question marks. Chiefs, Chargers, then everyone else. You're kind I of feel like you look at the Chiefs and you go, well, until Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid start to play horrible football, you can't count them out, and they're one and one. It looks like that team is is getting healthier, having better players back on the, the field. Man, the Chargers, 
0-2, even though they've <laughs> they've found two ways to lose two games. They're they're like the Vikings of the AFC. Yeah. They've found ways to lose two games. Now, the teams they've played I think the Dolphins are decent. I actually think Tennessee's on the down on the decline. I don't know. The Chargers always feel like this is what happens to them. They can't get out of their own way. They really can't. Raiders might appear to be better than what we thought, but still not a good team. Mm. And I think Denver is probably looking like they're worse than what everybody thought, and they're not a good team. No. So I I don't know. Hey. There looks like no one that's clearly putting their hand up saying we're the best team in the AFC right now. You still have to go with Kansas City until proven otherwise. Broncos potentially could have got that uh, forced overtime after Russell Wilson's Hail Mary and then just a complete mugging in the end zone for pass interference that wasn't called for the two-point conversion. Oh, I also got a great side-by-side from, uh, speaking of G-Dub, about what pass interference is and isn't, though I'll have to show you the image because one image, the ball isn't even there yet. And the guy's about to get hit yep. and the other ones, he's already wrapped up. Yeah. Uh, well, I know it's what, a tough scene for commander fans. I know what pass interference is. And it was textbook pass interference in that uh, two point conversion that wasn't called for Broncos commies, uh, AFC North. We just kind of talked about it with, you know, the, the games last night, Ravens, Steelers, Browns, Bengals, Ravens, two and O Steelers, Browns, one and one Bengals. Oh, and two with a hurt Joe Burrow. Yeah. I think every single team in the NFC North is actually better on paper. Yeah. Like, the Ori- uh, the Orioles, the Baltimore Ravens, they have brought in extra wide receivers. Uh, you have Flowers that they drafted out of BC. They brought in Odell Beckham Jr. yet to play yet, but he's going to give them better than what they had last year. Rashad Bateman is healthy. Mark Andrews missed week one, but he's back. I do think Cleveland on paper looks better. Pittsburgh started playing better the second half of last season. Sure. The Bengals are the only team that hasn't played better, though they're the best team on paper. We saw the Bengals start slow last year. We saw Joe Burrow with the uh, appendix surgery. Now he's got a calf. calf. It's still on paper. They're still the best team in the team to beat, but uh, they do seem to be starting slow here again this year. It'll wrap things up quick before the Razor's edge. AFC South, Jags, Colts, Titans, Texans. This is uh, three teams, Jags, Colts, Texans, all 1-1, and and the Texans 0-2. Texans, complete pretenders. We throw them right out. Everyone else, Titans, uh, the decline you said, Rowdy, Colts, Jags, I guess the contender out of there. Yeah, Houston's not good. They were never going to compete. Colts, I know Anthony Richardson, didn't he just get a concussion? Yeah, he got knocked. Again, he that feels like a pretender. If he's going to be banged up, plus they're playing a, a guy that's trying to learn on the job. Titans feel like they're at the end of their kind of uh, reign of power in the South as that roster is getting older and older and more and more beat up. Feels like they're at the end, and the Jags are the up-and-comer and pretty much Jacksonville by default in that division. Yeah, so not a lot of good football there. Uh, more, which which is more wide open, the AFC or the NFC round? You, I think overall you have to be, if you're looking at this objectively as an AFC NFC, the AFC teams that were supposed to be good, they have not come out and played well. Yeah, like the NFC teams have been surprisingly better than the AFC. Like you would have thought that if you were going to rank Super Bowl contenders, you'd be like, well. It'd be the Niners if Brock Purdy can be good. Well, it turns out Brock Purdy's healthy and this looks pretty good. It would be the Philadelphia Eagles if they can kind of 
put together some of their losses. It looks like they've done that. Maybe not to the level of last year, but still a, a team that should contend sure. in the NFC. But then the AFC, Bills look worse. Jets lost their quarterback. Yep. Bengals look worse. Kansas City looks worse. Going into last night's game for your Milwaukee Brewers, they had, they were tied for the third best record in the majors since June 16th at 50-31. and 31. They obviously, uh, they're tied to the Orioles. Well, Brewers lost last night when nothing. Orioles did win, what, 8-7 uh, to seven over the Houston Astros. So the Brewers now have the fourth best record in the majors since June 16th. Uh, the two above them, I guess, well, three Orioles would be the, the third place. The Atlanta Braves and the L.A. Dodgers are both better records. And then Seattle Mariners are fifth. So how about that? Best record in the majors since June 16th, your Milwaukee Brewers. Rowdy, they lose last night. They had six hits, but Adam Wainwright would uh, do it. He had his 200th career win, and the Brewers would fall one to nothing to the St. Louis Cardinals. How about Waino, though? Out of applause for Waino. Well done. Yeah, I mean, you got to be happy for the guy. He's now the fifth current player to hit that 200 win mark. I think I saw the other current active players that have at least 200 wins are Justin Verlander. I think everyone would agree he's probably going to the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. Zach Grinke, which for what he's done, I think he's probably going to the Hall as well. Max Scherzer. And uh, what was the other one? There was one more that I'm blanking on. But, yeah, Max Scherzer was the other one. Like, oh, Clayton Kershaw. There you go. How could Kershaw. I not remember Clayton Kershaw? But, yeah, like those are arguably five of the best pitchers from this generation. And it's nice to see Wayno get his 200th because he was on the fence last year if he wanted to come back or not. Was actually pitching in the World Baseball Classic pretty well for the Team USA and then hurt his groin. And... Had to start the season on the shelf, and then it was just like he was done. Like he didn't have much left in him. Well, I'm glad that he got it, and now it sounds like uh, he might just walk off into the sunset like he should because, I mean, job well done. Dude was a good Cardinal for forever. And, of course, it was against the Milwaukee Brewers written in the stars. Um, Adam McKelvey had tweeted this out. It's turned back the clock night for the 42-year-old Adam Wainwright who has cleared seven innings for the first time all season and left with a one nothing lead. Brewers did have their shot to spoil the bid uh, with a runner on second and one out in the seventh, but then, stop me for this before, Rowdy Telez and then Josh Donaldson flew out. Yeah, and I mean, that's a that's a good point from the Adam McAlvey tweet. Like, every every good pitcher has one last good game in him, and that was his good game to get him to his 200th win. You know, you can be upset, but the Brewers, I mean, they clearly have a you know, a, a stranglehold on the NL Central right now. Mm-hmm. The guy just threw a good game yeah. and you didn't score any runs like Freddie Peralta still threw the ball really well. He is really I mean, good too. He gave up one run. It was one pitch that you'd like to have back for from Contreras. Yeah, like that's, that's it. The where's difference, the offense? The difference in this game was one pitch. Well, where's the offense? Now, moving forward, why I'm, I mean, I'm not, freaking out about this loss at all. The Brewers, like you had mentioned earlier, they've been playing really good baseball. That's how they've gotten this lead. And teams like the Cubs, the Reds, they really haven't played that well here as of late. The last 10, yeah, the Cubs are 2-8. and Like, that's awful. The The Cubs have been figuring out ways to lose, and I was doing some math, so... Now that was the Brewers extra game that they had played or that they needed to play that the Cubs had already played. They're now officially six games ahead. It's still six in the loss column, but they have three head to head. 
Now, if you say that the Cubs sweep the Brewers the last series of the season, that lead is now down to three games. And if you do the math, the Brewers currently have 12 games left, so subtract that three. That's nine. So if you went five and four after those three games where we say you get swept by the Cubs, mm-hmm. you go five and four outside of the Cubs series. You know what the Cubs would have to do? They'd have to go eight and two. Not happening. Didn't you just say they were two and eight their last ten? Like, sorry. <laughs> if you're five and four, they have to go eight and two. Like that's not happening. It's not happening. The, the Cubs happening. are on life support right now. Is it is it officially over and it's wrapped up and everything's clinched? No, that's why you still see the magic number sits at seven. Yeah. But the Cubs are on absolute life support, and I think all Brewer fans might be on life support if they somehow found a way to choke this lead away. Now the Reds are six both Cubs and Reds six games back of uh, the Brewers. So what's that wild card looking like now, Rowdy? Are the Cubs playing themselves out of a wild card too? Well, that's the thing. It's like the the Cubs would have to be they would have to sweep the Milwaukee Brewers the last game of the season and play unconscious baseball from here on out and have the Brewers again get swept by them oh, yeah. and play middling baseball. Like yeah. that's like there's no way. The Reds the Reds are right there on the heels of the Cubbies for that wild card. Especially oh, yeah. with how Freddie's been pitching and Miami's Corbin about Burns a half game out too. has been pitching. Woody, how how well the big three have been pitching. There's no way that I can see A, the Brewers getting swept if they want to actually compete in that series, or B, them just playing five hundred ish baseball with the Cubs playing like roughly eight eight hundred winning eight hundred percent of their games. Yeah. Know, like Cubs the last one. You have uh, Cincinnati right there uh, chirping they're just um the difference is you know one loss um see since he's screwed in the division even yeah. though they're they're they've played two more games than the Brewers so in th- and the Cubs so in theory Cincinnati could technically be down five games if the Brewers lost those two extra games I don't see that happening so I think it's safe to say they are firmly six back they don't have any games head to head with the Brewers though yeah, so they over. like they can't make any head to head uh games up so Chicago's the only one that has a chance, and it's on life support. You know how you know it's on life support? When on Saturday, the guy that made that bet with me at the beginning oh. of September came over and asked if I wanted to be paid already. Yeah, but we said, no, let's wait a year and a half, like the last time you did your bet with Rowdy. And then you have the fish, a half game out, Rowdy, then the, and the, I was the Niners, and the Giants, two out as well. Uh, San Diego, five and a half. They're, they're See, the wild card's interesting because obviously when you, you take um, – you take Atlanta's going to get the bye. Clearly, they're yep. the best team in baseball. They're good. And then you start looking around. And you're like, who would you, if you're the Milwaukee Brewers, who would you prefer to play? Obviously, you mentioned that basically I would say anyone as low as San Francisco is in the mix. Padres feel like the team, they're just too far out at five and a half. But who would you rather play? San Fran, Miami, Cincinnati, Chicago, Arizona. Obviously, they're not going to be playing Philly. Philly's... uh Philly's been too good, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, don't, I think I want to stay away from Arizona. Yeah. Arizona's got Zach Allen, who's in the top five for the NL Cy Young, and they also have Merrill Kelly, who's been having a hell of a year. I'd have to look it up, but I'd have to imagine he's probably in the top 10 or 12 for Cy Young. Now, I know the, the Brewers' top three are, are three big guns in the rotation, but that's two really good starting pitchers for Arizona, and they struggled against Arizona this year. I think they were two and four against Arizona. Yeah, they weren't good against them. I um, think uh, 
I think Arizona, out of all those teams, Chicago, Cincinnati, Miami, San Fran, I think Arizona is the team I'd like to play the least. Not yeah. that it matters. If you make the playoffs, you're playing. Yeah, yeah, you're playing. Uh, speaking of playing tonight, uh, game number two, Bush Stadium, Trevor Miguel gets to start again as the opener for the Milwaukee Brewers, who's ready for some 100-mile-per-hour heat coming at you. Yeah, so he'll, number one. he'll he'll start the first inning, maybe go two innings, and then it'll be a you know yeah, Ray, the third the third most reliable pitcher this year for the Milwaukee Brewers, or I mean most third most starts for the Milwaukee Brewers, Colin Ray. Third most available, <laughs> Colin Ray. It's uh, still that'll be a trivia question when you know somewhere down the line, who who was a top three starting pitcher for most available starts in 2023 for the Brewers? And it'll have a bunch of random answers. Like it'll be like a multiple choice, Adrian Hauser, Eric Lauer, Brandon Woodruff or Colin Ray. And the answer will be Colin Ray. The only true diehards Rowdy will get it. No, no doubt. Like people will be left scratching their head. Four game series though with uh, St. Louis. Colin Ray. Yeah, four-game set. Um, weather looking decent, too, down there in St. Louis, so keep your fingers crossed. Honestly, at this point, if you're the Brewers, you just play for that split like you would That's in good. a normal series. And, again, you make if you just play 500 baseball, the Cubs have to be absolute whirlwinds to come back and win this division for where we're at. $700 million to keep the Brewers on AmFam Field through 2050. Uh, taxes from players' salaries help fund the stadium's upkeep. The ballpark uh, going to be winterized to host events year-round. Uh, the Brewers investments uh, invest $100 million to the project. A lot of more money coming from taxpayers as well, and obviously uh, the government. So that was what was unveiled recently, $700 million to keep the Brewers. You saw the finances start coming out, yeah, Ronnie? Yeah, You're talking just, about it. I just don't get, if something's not broke, why fix it? What do you That's mean they what, got two, two AC units down? No, I'm saying like with the the parking lot and the oh, restaurants yeah. and making it winter, you know, year round. It just feels like they're they're churching it up. You're churching it up a little bit there. Well, yeah. Mary, well, how about this? Last week they had that major business announcement. We thought it would be something like Ryan Braun involved or this or that. It, uh, Northwestern Mutual is putting patches on their sleeves. So I, I never saw the finances come out of that. Did you see anything besides that? I never saw yeah. a, a dollar amount. Same. But uh, let's see here. There was a a big to-do, though, about, um, you know how the Milwaukee Bucks, they have, like, their deer district, right, where they have the all the restaurants and bars and places where people can meet and party, and it's a way to, like, have a good time around the facilities, the Pfizer Forum, on the deer district. Well, uh, people now talking about the possibility of a beer district around American Family Field. Uh, some city and county leaders are pushing for a conversion to turn some of the parking lot spaces into real estate. Rowdy, what what do we know about Wisconsin? We'll tailgate for friggin' anything. Yes, we'll tailgate for anything. Well, here's my thing that I don't get. Like, I understand having a deer district because Pfizer Forum is right downtown. Like, it's right there. It, it's right there. And there's a ton of other things in that area. So if people are going to be down there and they want to go get a drink. And also the Bucks play in fall. They play in winter. That's the majority of their season is when it's cold. And then, you know, the end of the year is, is spring and, and summer. I just don't get like why you would do that with the Milwaukee Brewers because it's summertime when baseball is playing and it's nice out. People are outside tailgating, drinking beer out you know, in the parking lot, throwing a football or a baseball. 
in buck season a lot of time it's winter of course yeah. you don't want to be outside you want to be in a beer district you yeah. want to be inside at bars this just feels like an overreach so we have uh in the studio just gave us some donuts our girl charity from uh, the farm report here good morning charity good how morning. are you how are you doing today not, not bad not now, hungover so that's good you know i'm sorry <laughs> so not hungover for once that so a girl <laughs> we were just talking about tailgating right you're a good wisconsin girl oh, right hell yeah yeah <laughs> oh hell yeah you go to a brewer's game you uh the farm department was just there not too yes, long we ago were. What do you do before a Brewers game? What do you do in the parking lot, Charity? You drink a lot. Yeah, you tailgate. You yeah. have, a good, have a good time. Especially um, if you're with Pam. Yeah. Yes, Pam definitely knows how to have a good Still time. Throws back some Miller Lights. There's no doubt about it. No. You better look out when Pam's drinking her Miller Lights. Uh, Charity, as good Wisconsinites that we are, uh, we pretty much tailgate, I don't know, before it. Anything, everything. Yeah. You get in birthday parties. Yeah. Well, <laughs> or like, you know, like, uh, like, um, uh, baptisms. You're going to, yes. you're going to tailgate in the parking lot of the church, right? Uh, <laughs> anything. You're tailgating. Brewers games, tailgating, that's part of Wisconsin culture. Let me ask you, if they were to take the parking lot around American Family Field and start turning it into hoity-toity businesses, you can't see it? She gave me the stink eye. Like, Charity, you do not want to see that parking lot turn into some businesses, right? You want to party your ass off. I wouldn't show up, apparently. Do they realize the amount of chaos would happen inside? How many drunk fuckers would be running around? Sorry. sorry. She didn't say that. How many drunk people would be running around doing really bad? Um, yeah, that would be a bad thing. And well, also, I'm thinking with all of the people that are going to the game, if you're taking away parking, like there's going to be less parking yeah. spots for you, which you would want to have more people there because not only are they going to be going to the game, but you're going to be going to their establishments. I feel like there wouldn't be enough parking then. We yeah. party in parking lots. Yeah. We you party. Have to. It's a rite of passage. As a Wisconsinite, that's what you must do. Yeah. If there is open asphalt, you drink a beer on it. Actually, you drink multiple beers on it. <laughs> yes. Charity, what, what's, what's, why the donuts today? What's going um, on? We had a guest in studio yesterday, and she brought us donuts, but there's only three of us in that office, so we're going to share the love. Gave us the leftover ones that no one wanted. <laughs> well, no, they're pretty good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's still plenty to choose from. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we'll tailgate. Well, it's raining outside, but still, it doesn't stop us from tailgating. No, it does not. So you say no. Leave the parking lot alone at American Family Field. Thousand percent. Let let us be Wisconsinites. You're a bush light girl, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. A little bit of everything. Not too picky. As long as it's not nasty. You just have to party. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. Charity, we love you. Thanks so much. Thanks. Yeah, there it is. There she is from the from the farm department. I'm going to charity. So I'm going to play this clip coming up here. Uh, Just don't you feel like that people still during the summer at brewer games wouldn't go into restaurants for the most part? Like you'll have your people that that will. But overall, I feel like people like being out and about in the elements, especially when it's nice out you know, walking up, doing whatever. I feel like the only time that I could see myself ever going to one is maybe if it's after the game, you're like, hey, let's go to the bar while we'll maybe get some late night food and we'll watch the parking lot clear out. That's like the only thing yeah. I would think of why you would go there. So exactly. uh, I, I, when I think of going to a Milwaukee Brewers game, never in my mind were like, I want to go to a restaurant ahead of time. Like, <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll go to uh, the what the hell's the play Jay Lyndon Kugel's Barrel Yard. I've never been to the Fridays. When, remember when the Fridays and all that, where you could get food. And well, you like to watch baseball. I've never once been there. I've never once even thought about going there. If you yeah. go there, you're not really watching the game. You're just getting slammed off of Long Islands. Pretty like much, that's yeah. what you do it was TGI Fridays, and now I guess the Barrel Yard. But uh, yeah, Rich Schlesinger, the president of baseball operations, says the stadium funding plan does not 
include conversion of parking lot. Says the team is very protective of its tailgating culture. That's what I would say too, yeah. especially because then when you think about what Miller Park can get, we'll just say for fun, forty five thousand people in there. Take away that parking, what are you going to go down to forty thousand? So you're going to lose butts and seats, and you're going to lose your parking revenue, that just feels like a bad idea. So they said one argument from Milwaukee advocates has been turning some of the lots into the new beer district uh, development would generate new property sales tax for the city and county could use to offset its share of funding. But the brewers aren't on board with less parking lot spaces. Let us tailgate and drink beer too. Yeah, the fans would not be happy. If they change it into those beer districts, they're literally going to cause more chaos because they're not going to go to that anyway. They're just going to sit there and keep drinking the whole time on their own anyway. Yeah. One of my favorite memories is you, you're there and eventually someone comes around and be like, all right, you got you to gotta get in the game or you got to leave. Like, <laughs> I could see like a compromise of putting in, just cutting off a little corner of a parking lot and putting in like a, a restaurant or a bar and that's more used for after. Yeah. yeah. That's it. I can't see. I don't know why you'd want to do anything else but that. Have you heard? I've never heard anyone complain about there not being like a beer food or anything area. outside because you either have your own or you go into the stadium, which is already their products. Anyways. Yeah, I've never heard a single person said, "You know what will look good here? An Applebee's." Like <laughs> I've never, I've never. Or no, a that's Chili's. exactly what would be put in. Yeah. It would Let's be something Texas, like that. A Texas Roadhouse right here. That sounds great. No, it's like we're bringing brats, we're bringing hamburgers, we're bringing the grill, we're bringing the cooler. Bring the football, some bags. Oh, what about drunk this? in the parking lot? If yeah. we're going to get creative, why don't they take out just like, you know how just a long row of, of parking, not too wide, maybe a couple, three, four parking spaces in a row, and it's all the way down, and it's literally just a strip mall of, of Subways, McDonald's, Taco Bells. We're not trying to turn into Janesville, Rowdy. Come on. It's got to be with drunk food when you need it, like the 2 a.m. Yeah. calls. It's, it's, it's like, like. A, a, a city block size, just little strip mall of these to-go food places. <laughs> there you go. The There's your food for afterwards. Uh, I'll leave, yeah. No, none of that's going to work. Janesville if you want to do that. None of that's going to work. Yeah. Uh, we'll get... Back into the tailgating, as I just read a tweet that blew my mind about the parking lot at American Family Field. But first, Rowdy was uh, digging into Wayno's first appearance against the Brewers. So this was a tweet from the Barrel Milwaukee. The lineups in Adam Wainwright's first versus last outing against the Brewers. Now, he still is on pace to start against Milwaukee before the end of season in their next series upcoming, but it sounds like he's not going to do that since he got his 200th win. But obviously last night's lineup was Sal Freelick playing center field, William Contreras catching, uh, Carlos Santana at first, Mark Canna in left field, Willie Adamas at shortstop, Rowdy Telez DHing, Josh Donaldson playing third base, <laughs> uh, Bryce Terang at second, Tyrone Taylor in right field and Freddie Peralta pitching. Now his first ever outing against the Milwaukee Brewers in his career. This dates back to 2005. Here was the starting lineup for the Brewers. Playing center field, batting first, Brady Clark. <laughs> batting second, playing shortstop, J.J. Hardy. Oh, J.J. Hardy. Uh, batting third, playing first base, Lyle Overbay. Lyle. Batting fourth, playing left field, Carlos Lee. I got a friend named Lee. Batting fifth, playing right field, Jeff Jenkins. Mm, G off, yeah. And then batting sixth, playing third base, Bill Hall. Batting seventh, 
and this would have been his first, uh, one of his first full years, Ricky Weeks playing second Ooh, base. Your favorite, Rowdy Ricky. Eighth, Damian Miller catching. Yeah, yes, yes. And ninth, in doing your pitching, Chris Capuano. <laughs> oh, Cap? Oh, my. What, dude, what a lineup that was. That was Wayno's first appearance against the Brewers versus his last one last night. Yeah, that was that was circa 2005. Did Damian Miller, did he have a soul patch? No. Ah, damn. Damian Miller was a clean-shaven, longer hair, dark hair catcher, and he is from Wisconsin. I believe he's, is he from West Salem? And he played at Viterbo, I think. Education, Viterbo University, West Salem High School. Born, shout out, La Crosse, Wisconsin. Yeah. And again, sadly, no soul patch. Man, I feel like if your name's Damien and you played uh, in the early, middle two thousands, you had a soul patch. That's just me, though. Uh, Rowdy, this you're thinking of probably David Risky. No, he was a relief pitcher. Let that flavor saver. The Risky risked it with that flavor saver. So that's pretty mind blowing. Two thousand five, you said for uh, the first one for Wayno. How about this for mind blowing? Back to the tailgating, um, American Family Fields parking lot in July of twenty twenty two. The Milwaukee County Board passed a resolution calling for the conversion of parking lot space into a new development. They noted, and there's the mind-blowing part, they noted that AmFam Field currently has more parking spaces than Magic Kingdom and Epcot combined. Wow, that's a lot of parking. More parking spaces than the Magic Kingdom and Epcot combined. That's just crazy just but to I read it like and hear it. If you take the parking away to put up said restaurants or district, then even more people will be flocking and you'd have even less parking, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Yeah. So they want to winterize American Family Field. And in the thing that the county presented, they, um, they said the highest and best use of land in the middle of Milwaukee County is... Uh, not parking lots which sit empty for 203 days or approximately 56% of the year and rarely fill, especially when they pay no taxes. And these stadiums, approximately 13,000 spaces, are greater than the combined parking of Disney World's Magic Kingdom and Epcot at 11,000 spaces. So American Family Field has 2,000 more parking spaces than uh, Disney's Magic Kingdom and Epcot combined. That's crazy. I never would have guessed that. So there you go. Um, well, the Milwaukee Brewers are cooler than Disney. <laughs> they definitely are. If I see uh, if I see a grown man walking around with a Mickey Mouse shirt, I say, "Red flag, danger, danger, danger." If I see a grown man walking around with a Brewer shirt, I feel like I I could slug a couple beers and you'd be a good dude. That's just me. What about you, Rowdy? You see a see a fifty let's say you see a fifty something year old man with a, a Mickey Mouse shirt. What do you think? Well, one, he better be there with, like, his grandkids. <laughs> or else, yeah, you kind of raise an eye. You see a guy with a 50-something-year-old man with a Milwaukee Brewer shirt, what do you think? He's knows- probably about to rattle something off about 82. <laughs> <laughs> I remember back in 1982. Man, we took second, like the best of them. All right, we'll hear from Rick Schlesinger momentarily. Line one, hello, who's this? What I do for a beer, you guys won't believe it. <laughs> what What'd you do for a beer? Okay, I went. I go to Walgreens for Quick Tip, and and it's downpouring rain, and I, I I have nothing to wear but that silk jacket 
Next thing I gave me drivers worth a darn. Did you and silk so I put in my heavy winter coat. <laughs> That's amazing. Did he just say he wore a silk jacket? The inter- the national the the state man of mystery Charlie with his silk jacket. All right, uh, Rick Schlesinger Rowdy. He talks on the um, you know the brewers on the tailgate culture and you know kind of protecting that parking lot. Could someday you know some development around the ballpark be a reality? Sure. Is that day coming anytime soon? No. I I'm very um, protective of our tailgating culture. Um, we have some of the the largest parking lots of any major league stadium and that's important for fans. I want I want to make it easier for fans to come here and tailgate and park. I don't want to make it tougher, so I'm very sensitive to real estate development that would encroach upon our culture of tailgating. Having said that, are there opportunities in the future to look at it for sure? What those could look like, I'm not sure. You need a combination of many factors. You need the right economic environment. You need the right development partners. You need it to make economic sense for everybody. Um, and there's all kinds of, obviously, approvals and requirements that we would need from the city and the county. Uh, so it's not a small undertaking. Is it something interesting in the future? Sure. Is it imminent? No. Here's another thing. It's going to happen eventually. If they build this district and try to winterize it, and, you know, we're going to use it year-round, I'll be honest, it's easier to do that with the Pfizer form and surrounding areas because if you're going to Milwaukee, you're going to be in that area. Yeah, it's already like, established. Like the Milwaukee Brewers Stadium isn't downtown. It's not like a place where you would seek it out to go yeah. if you were even heading to – like if you're in downtown Milwaukee, you're not saying, hey, let's go over to the to American Family Field. Mm-hmm. No, it's out of the way. It's outside of Milwaukee. And it, and there's not a ton that's you know built up around it. It's parking lots. Yeah, like, bigger than Epcot and Magic Kingdom combined. I wouldn't just say, "Hey, let's take a road trip and go to American Family Field in the little pop up district today." I I feel like that's not a thing. It's like you're downtown Milwaukee. You're going out doing stuff, and you're like, "Hey, let's stop by the Deer District because it's there, and we're down here." Yeah. No one goes out to that stadium unless, I guess, they're. Going to a Brewer game, a or they're going to a concert, or like something a like that. So or I don't know why you'd want to winterize. It'd be like that one so Applebee's that always has like three cars in the parking lot. Uh, they winterize it. Are people going to play X golf all all year? And no. I don't know how many le- like how many people would be like in a league or anything like that. But it's like how many people could you even fit doing all that stuff? It's not like it's going to be that busy where that restaurant's going to be packed all the time. Yeah. Well, well, it's uh, not happening anytime soon, says uh, the president of uh, base or what the hell, what the hell is his friggin' whatever his title is, uh, operations manager, Rick Schlesinger. Uh, it sounds like, though, eventually probably will happen. I mean, you got people barking up the tree, and, you know, when you want more, what's the goal for all businesses to make more money? And if they can somehow fleece it, Oh, by God, they're going to do it. So enjoy the tailgating while it lasts. Sounds like it's stay fine for a while, but eventually, yeah. Um, the proposal, $700 million. I saw this. I had to laugh. One of our listeners, uh, M. Night Shamalama Ding Dong. So in it, um, you know, the $700 million deal of proposal, they have all these clauses in there. He said, before this is finalized, I'd like to add a clause where Mark Ananasio is dropped from the roof in 2050, if the Brewers still haven't won a World Series by then. <laughs> Rowdy, you get to till 2050. Do we, uh, if the Brewers don't have a World Series under the belt by then, should we drop Mark Adonazio from the roof of American Family Field? 
Well, how many times would he have sold since then? As know. in sold when they were contending. Oh, sold like the like they did like Josh Hader last year? Like yeah, that like kind I of selling? Not I, selling the team itself? I don't, I don't care, but I understand if they sell this offseason. Like they get rid of Burns, they get rid of Woody, they get rid of Adamas. I mean, that makes sense. I'm talking about in your window with a competing team and then saying, yeah, let's sell. How many, how many more times do you think he'll do that by 2050? Because, I mean, it's... 20, what, seven years, 26, 27 years-ish. God, you got to figure they'd probably sell more than they would buy. Got to imagine your window is only about five or six years, and then it goes back to a five or six bad year. The bell tolls for thee, Mark Adonazio. Matt LaFleur, Mr. Eyebrows, Packers head coach. He did say, before we get to his presser uh, about David Bakhtiari, that he's mad at himself, Rowdy. Mad at himself. I'm mad for not calling a timeout before the delay of game, before that 51 yard field goal that would have been. He's mad at himself. Said he has to keep an eye on the play clock, but they have a young kicker and a holder who look like they were on uh, the practice field lining up for field goals on Wednesday. But he's got to keep an eye on everything. Why is Matt Lafleur, when it comes to like basic duties of being a head coach, he's always like, "Oh yeah, I got to remind myself to do better of that." Timeouts using Aaron Jones. Again, we talked about this yesterday. That was like. The start of the game, and the Packers are out there about ready to kick a field goal, and yeah, it's a longer one, and all of a sudden, the head coach doesn't have his eye on the the play clock, and he just, at first, I figured when they blew it dead, they're like, oh, Packers got a timeout there. Yeah. And then they're like, delay of game on the... I'm like, how does that even happen? Like, what is Matt LaFleur looking at? What are you doing? He's not even in charge of the personnel going out in the field. That's Rich Bisaccia. Yeah. Like, his one main objective would be, I guess, if he had any questions for Bisaccia, asking him right there, or making sure that this play is getting off on time and and maybe having to call the timeout or not. So that was a big miss for Matt LaFleur right there, first series of the game. But then you keep going back to remember when some of this stuff, I think it was 2019 where Matt LaFleur would say like, oh, we messed up here. We need to stop the run. We can't let them do that to us like run the football right down our throats. Yeah. And then we would watch teams that could run the football continuously run right the football right down their throats. Yep. Or we need to get better at this. We need to get better at that. And then nothing ever changes. And it's like, it, it does it really feel like Matt LaFleur has changed as a coach since 2019? Because no, no, no. there's, there's still things every other, every other week that pop up and you're like, I would feel like a guy that has been a head coach now for four years would have these things down or would sound a certain way or, or yeah. And it just, it doesn't, it's, it's so bizarre. All right. So Lef- and that being said, it's not like Malafour is like a bad head coach in the NFL, No, but I'm not putting him up there with the Andy Reeds and the bill Belichick's and you know, some of these guys that were up and comers, he's fine, but he's not, great he's not boy wonder, opinion. wonder boy. Hey, he's not great in my opinion. And, and now we're going to see, what he is without a Hall of Fame quarterback, and we're going to see what they are moving forward the next few years where it's going to be like a Jordan Love and yeah. a different type of roster than than a more experienced, you know, longer-tenured NFL players that had some real talent and skill because, I mean, overall, he's had, what, one season where he's been below 500, mm-hmm. and that has been a mess with the injuries and and your Hall of Fame quarterback didn't play well and yeah. a lot of stuff, but... We'll see moving forward because I feel like 
he's fine. He's so with, not great. With Matt LaFleur, the, um, after the loss of the Falcons, a lot of the Packer reporters like, this is the orneriest and angriest that we have ever seen Matt LaFleur. He is pissed. And then you fast forward to Monday, which was yesterday. Again, uh, I know Mike Clemens had tweeted it out. Matt LaFleur still just pissed. Livid. Let's see here. What did Mike actually say? Here? I'll get this thing up. That Matt LaFleur was in the locker room. This is the, the most angry that they've seen him even a day after a loss. So Matt LaFleur is pissed. And this is how the press conference started yesterday. Matt LaFleur was asked right away about David Bakhtiari. Now, uh, I think it was a Rob Domofsky tweet before Sunday uh, when the Packers kicked off that David Bakhtiari was going to be inactive. And in the tweet, it had said, uh, let's see, David Bakhtiari is inactive, was listed as questionable this week. Not sure if the Mercedes-Benz surface field turf has anything to do with it, but he was outspoken again this week after the Aaron Rodgers injury about demanding everyone uh, move to grass and it's all about the turf. So a lot of people were like, what, Rowdy, thinking, you know, David Bakhtiari is not playing because it's artificial, because it was artificial field turf. The reporters asked Matt LaFleur about it. The first thing I learned about was yesterday. Now, listen to the question asked, then listen to Matt LaFleur, then there's a follow-up, and then LaFleur gets extra grumpy. Let me know, and listen, do, we, do coaches and GMs and people on the podium, are they truthful up there when they're speaking to the media? No, they are not. They hold their cards close to the vest. They don't say much. But sometimes you can use inflection and yeah, yeah, right. Read between the lines. So here's Matt LaFleur. And let me ask you already after you hear it if you honestly think David Bakhtiari is injured or if it was because of field turf. I'm going to hit play. I'm sure this would be easier on you if Dave would have just talked to us and explained it after the game. But did he not play because it was a turf game or because he had an issue that popped up last week? Well, his knee is injured and there was swelling. So. That game's played at Lambeau Field. Is he able to play or not? I don't believe so. Just to clarify, is this it? I'm done talking about it. That's it. That's, just to clarify, I'm done talking about it. I'm not talking about the knee. I'm not talking about it. That's it. Someone is not happy. Is it because the reporter's asking questions, or is it because a player who is your veteran, gets paid a lot of money to do it, didn't play because of field turf? Both. And I think I'll say that when Matt LaFleur gets, I guess, I'm not talking about turn it. it grumpy, <laughs> it just sounds like whiny and complaining. <laughs> like he's going like, to start crying. Eh, eh. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> like, he never actually seems very forceful. Actually, I'll give it to him there. At the end, when he was getting a little short, that was probably the most forceful I think I've ever heard Matt LaFleur. Like, what's this? Oh, I'm not talking about it. And no, but just no. in general, this is what I bet happened. This would be my best educated guess. David Bakhtiari has a bad knee and has had a bad knee since 2020. I think we all know that mm-hmm. David Bakhtiari's knee hasn't been right. And there's been some issues with it. And that has also been true since 2020 as we've seen that it does swell up. It hasn't been a hundred percent healthy and that he's needed to take time and, 
has kind of needed to coast because it's it's not 100%. And it probably never will be. Actually, I'll say it never will be. No, yeah. Is, yeah. Um, then you say that he already has this crusade versus turf versus grass. Big, big crusade. And he has been on that for multiple years. This isn't new this year. Mm-hmm. Then one of his good buddies and former Packer quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, goes down at a turf field. And then the very next week, the Green Bay Packers have to play on said turf field. And I think it's easy for a guy to say, well, you know what? I make a lot of money. I already have a bad knee. I don't like turf fields. I ain't playing. I don't feel like I'm going to play. Yeah, and, and we, I think we all know, and, I, and David Bakhtiari knows this, this is his last weeks to year in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Would it surprise me if all of a sudden the Jets wanted to trade for Bakhtiari or somebody wanted to trade for Bakhtiari in the next handful of weeks before the trade deadline? Wouldn't surprise me at all. I think the Packers have shown that Walker and Neiman have, have actually filled in quite well over yep. the last few years and, and could be decent. Also much cheaper. And you you would definitely shed that huge salary in the coming year. Ooh, and it is big too. Also, if he does play the rest of the season here, you know his days are numbered because you're probably going to cut him because of that huge salary and because of what he is. Yep. And you can save a ton of money. Now, Matt LaFleur has to walk the fine line of saying, well, clearly the guy doesn't want to play because this is the reason and, and lay it out. But then he also isn't going to throw him under the bus and be like, yeah, he just no, literally he didn't want to play can't. today because then it, it puts a bad, you know, kind of a bad vibe in the locker room, especially if other people start saying, man, I have to go out here and play yeah, I don't on this turf. turf and potentially hurt my knee, yeah. even though, you know, I have to come in and play. He doesn't have to. So, like, there's that. So he's kind of... And then I think he's annoyed because I think he knows we know or he knows that that they know. I know that, that you know that you know that we know is probably just sitting out because of the turf and he's got a bad knee yeah. and he doesn't want them asking him because it puts him in the, the spot where it's like, well, if I answer this truthfully, yeah, it's going to look bad. And it's going to really kind of upset people on our team or could potentially but at the same time, I think we all know why he's not playing. Why do you need to ask me these questions? Just to clarify, is this it? That's it. That's, just to clarify, I'm done talking about it. That's the most forceful I've ever heard of before. I'm not, I'm not talking about it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not talking about it. All right? I'm done. Line one, hello. Hello, Badger Pipeline from the North Column. Troy, my man. What's up, dude? How are you guys doing today? I'm, I'm on cloud nine. Every day I'm pushing daisies is a good day, Troy. Living yeah, the boy. dream. It was a struggle, hey. though, today with trivia. Yeah. Um, I was, I, was I did not get, get a chance to call in yesterday, but what I did do yesterday throughout the afternoon, and that was just listening to talk shows, Bill Michael's show, and just trying to take it all in. And uh, it sure is interesting how what a difference a week makes. <laughs> Right. Um, you know, and that's part of the way to do it playing the Bears. Um, but they suck. You know, we we're probably gonna win a game that we should have lost and vice versa like this week sometime throughout the year. Um but uh I I enjoyed last night just looking at some of the interviews with LaFleur and <laughs> he was like you said, he was the most mad that you're gonna see him, but He's not quite as mad as some of the other NFL coaches like Bill Belichick spiking his 
challenge flag, which was hilarious. That was funny, wasn't um, it? <laughs> it was. Right with that ref that was bending over. <laughs> the guy shows no emotion at all during the game, and then all of a sudden he hits the challenge out and just shuts it down. But, uh, you know, and Bill Michaels talked about this yesterday, about stats that are very misleading. And here's one for you that I looked up. And uh, the guy who returns kicks for us, why he ran out two kicks, one eight yards deep and one nine yards deep. Oh, Nixon? Um, yeah. I mean, nobody, nobody talked about it at all yesterday. But, I mean, he got one out to the 16-yard line and one out to the 22. And I know he's trying to make something happen, but – what a misleading stat because it, it goes down that he ran back two kicks for 55 yards, even though 17 of them were in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really weird. And, and uh, you know, special teams took a beating yesterday. Um, one of the callers in yesterday's show talked about he put it all on the defense, you know, the defense's fault. And there's just no way because it, it was the whole team, the coaching staff, the, everybody. Uh, time management several times. It, everybody, you know, really contributed to that loss because the the offense is getting 11 yards in, in the fourth quarter. That means defense is not getting as many chances to rest. And like I kept on saying during the game, we've got to make one play, one play, and, and we just couldn't do it for whatever reason. But it sure is interesting what a day will do, uh, what a difference a week makes, I should say. Um, but one thing that is consistent Bears go down again, and their fans are just living down there. So, hey, the happy the happy work. schnapps combo said it right, Troy. And the yeah, Bears right. still suck. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just wanted to say hi to you guys and yeah. talk a little bit about the kickoff return. Well, hey, Troy, real quick, how are you feeling about the Badgers, my man? You are the the Badger pipeline of the North. How are you feeling about Bucky? This is true. This is true. Um, you know, <laughs> I feel about the same as I did last week because I think you know. This last game was about the same as Buffalo. Uh, I don't. I keep on saying them. The true team's going to get better. And uh, I had a friend who told me, "Oh, you got to give these guys three years." And I was just like, "No way! Three years? This? No way! This is not." I mean, I think we got like eighteen out of twenty-two returning starters. I mean, so those guys got experience playing in the Big Ten. But uh, boy, it was. Uh, I'm looking forward to Friday night. Let's put it that way because yeah. it's got a got to start clicking here pretty darn soon so Troy just like the just like the Brewers offense got to get start clicking here pretty soon yeah they just wanted to give Wainwright the 200th win last night they'll, they'll explode again today today watch it happen I hope I hope right you know I'm kind of happy for Wainwright it wasn't his 200th win yep and uh, that really says something since most guys don't even come close to that these days so yeah we'll let him and Troy just in, yeah you the man you're you're a you're a, you're a 300 winner here Screw the two hundred. Nah, nah, the three hundred winner. You guys take care. You guys take care, and good to hear you. See you, we'll you too, buddy. Much love. See you, bud. All right. All right. All right. One more before break. Take us home, line two. Hey, it's Rick. Uh, hey, Rick. Just, is this rocking, Rick? This is. What's up, brother? Um, the last caller just got me uh, pumped up just enough to say a few words. Okay, maybe Nixon didn't do the right thing by running them out. But I'd rather watch a guy that wants to play football than number 69 who has no competitive spirit left in him anymore. <laughs> or AJ or AJ Dillon, you get within two yards and you go, boo, and he drops to his knees. <laughs> I would, I, I'll take the guys who want to play football and I'll watch them. 
Right, think think anyway, of this. Think of this as Rick. Think of this as we hit break, and I'll ask everyone else out there too at six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Who would you rather have on your team right now, David Bakhtiari or AJ Dillon? Oh, I'll still probably take AJ Dillon, but uh, um, he's bigger than most of the flipping linebackers. He's he's already he's already thinking about falling down instead of. You're not old enough to remember Earl Campbell or basically watching Walter Payton, but they they ran behind their pads, but they kept their feet under them so they could stand back up after they hit somebody. He's already looking to fall down. That's it's just crazy how he, you know, he did good two years ago. But Rick, anyway, you the man, I brother. Keep, I keep Dylan over Bakhtiari. You got it. All right, thanks, thanks. Rick. See you, Rowdy uh, in Major League. Uh, Willie Mays Hayes, I play like what was it? I play like Mays, but you run or you run like Mays, but you play like bleep. What's the equivalent of that of AJ Dillon? You might run like Mays, but you hit like sh- that's what it is. What would be the equivalent of that for AJ Dillon? <laughs> Think of that. Well, I mean, that would be more of your classic. <laughs> looks like Tarzan plays <laughs> like Jane. AJ Dillon or David Bakhtiari, Rowdy? Who would you rather have in your team? You can only pick one. David Bakhtiari, because at least when he plays, he's going to be good. <laughs> he doesn't fall down when a slight breeze hit him, hits him. It's like the movie Office Space when they have a meeting with the Bobs as they are uh, in there to you know see what's going on around the company. They call the employees in and they sit them down and they say, "What what is it that you say you do here, AJ Dillon? What is it that you do here?" Well, you know how they say that. Running backs in general these days, if you don't have like a top five to seven running back that are the five to seven that are getting paid long term, mm-hmm. you can find running backs a dime a dozen. Yeah. Is do you, have you really seen much of a difference between what AJ Dillon could do and what Patrick Taylor has done? Yeah, the difference is I don't think Patrick Taylor falls down when a breeze hits him. I, I think it's very minuscule the difference between the two as of the first two weeks of the season. What did you? What's that joke you made last week? If I think we we're talking about torn ACLs, if if AJ Dillon tore his ACL, he had no problem playing because he's not going uh, east and west. He's just going yeah. north. <laughs> he's literally going north south for less than three yards. I think he could still do it. Yeah, he definitely just could. give him a nice brace. Uh, AJ Dillon, really good at uh, social media, uh, writing children's books. Uh, Maridor County, wink, wink. Other than that, I don't know, dude. Yeah, David Bakhtiari or A.J. Dillon, who would you rather have in your team? I guess David Bakhtiari because, yeah, what he does play, he is good. Just make sure you're not playing on um, grass or, uh, sorry, turf because then he won't play at all. He'll play on grass. Yeah, well, if that is true that he's not playing because it's turf, then there's no way that would his love for Aaron Rodgers be greater than his hate for playing on turf because, I mean, MetLife, hello. (laughs) Yep. Um... Let's see here. What is this in on the Twitch channel? Oh, well. All right, Razor's Edge coming up. Uh, real quick, Len Ford. Good morning, who's this? Uh, good morning, boys. Hey, Daniel. What's up, brother? Yeah. What's going on? Hey, uh, AJ Dillon, I don't know what happened to that guy. Like, I was watching highlights from 2021. He's a beast. Yeah. And he fell off a cliff. Yeah, I think he fell off a cliff in Door County. I must have, because... <laughs> I, I mean, I, it, it's unrecognizable as running style compared, comparing the two between what two years, not even. Yeah, he just, is falling off. I don't know. The Packers need like uh, a, oh, a yard and a half, and he just falls down. Like, okay. Uh, in some cases, they need an inch, and he just falls down. <laughs> yeah, like, 
you couldn't stay on your feet for more than half a second. It's ridiculous. Like, I know you're, you're huge. You're a hulking man too. It's like, what are you doing? I mean, it might have been it might have been the turf. You know, like they, they were playing on uh, astroturf or whatever the. Uh, the stuff that tears your ACLs and Achilles for you. Right? Scary turf yeah. monster. Hey, uh, well, I don't know. I looked it up. Uh, Heinz Field, they play on grass. I don't think it was the grass that tore uh, Nick Chubb's knee up last night, you know? Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, <laughs> I, I think no matter I what think, you would have played on, that knee would have been shattered in a million places. I think Dave Bakhtiari would uh, cancel you for saying that, though, because injuries only happen on turf, so. You cannot cancel a man who refuses to be canceled, Daniel. <laughs> you can if you say if you just spout off this uh, NSM nonsense about uh, grassy fields can cause injuries too. You know, like <laughs> there's never I I look back and there has never been an injury on a grass field ever. Never, it's never it has never happened. Rowdy, what did you say this morning before we jumped on air about football and injuries? Um, what is the field's condition at Pittsburgh? Is it grass? No, it's grass. I, I think I meant more of so uh, the guys that lift more weights than you, that are faster than you, that are bigger than you, and they're trying to do what to you? Yeah, they're trying to hit you from your toes to the top of your skull. Yeah, they're trying to end Your entire you. body? Yeah, there's going to be injuries. Well, they definitely don't get paid enough for the injuries that they have. To <laughs> no, no, they don't. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, anything else before I let you go, buddy? No, no, that's it. You the man. Much love, bud. See you later. Okay, so the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers are two franchises that have stadiums in cold weather climates, but also both cultivate natural grass fields. So Nick Chubb wasn't a victim of turf. He was a victim of a violent sport called football. (laughs) 